episode five of the nine point started with the dream podcast welcome to the nine point started with the dream podcast where our goal is to showcase the story of athletes and the community that supports them through being real and authentic about their journey. I'm your host, Jacoby Gillum. This episode will help athletes understand more about what a DPT is and how they can leverage their knowledge, not, not just when they're injured, but when they're healthy as well to perform better. Hey, Nicole, how are you doing today? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Doing well, doing well. How's the LA life treating you? great I live three blocks from the beach my commute to work is a bike ride through Venice Beach in Santa Monica so I can't complain wow the good life the good life yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to get, get get into like your journey like how you kind of went from you know being an athlete to now your DPT kind of helping athletes kind of help them you know along their journey through the rehab and prehab process so I have to ask everybody the same question so when you were younger and as an athlete what was your your dream what was your big time goal I always knew that I wanted to be a Division I college soccer player. And growing up, playing on competitive club teams, you know, as I got to the age where colleges were starting to look at me, people would say, well, why don't you consider Division Three schools? There's really good teams out there. And I said, I know there are, and that's great, but I've always dreamt of playing Division One, and that's what I'm going to accomplish. So I, I didn't stop. I didn't listen to anyone who told me to try something different. I really wanted to accomplish that. So, so we, had, we had the big time goal. So how did you go about, you know, making it happen, making it reality? My dad was a big influence at that. My dad also played Division One college soccer. So he would always tell me, oh, Saturday morning and you're not in the backyard juggling the soccer ball. You must not really want to achieve your goals. And that reverse psychology would get to me and I'd be like, oh, shoot, I better get out there because I do want to achieve this. Um, it also helped. My dad owns a big indoor sports complex in New Jersey called Good Sports. So in those cold New Jersey winters, I had a space to go and train. And uh, my dad was also one of my best, one of my favorite coaches growing up, and one of the best coaches I had. So I was really fortunate with that. And he'd organize games between me and my sisters in the backyard or in his complex. So who won? Who won your sister? Who won? Oh, me, and they'll tell you it was me all the time. (laughs) My younger sister may have been faster than I was, but I was the soccer player, (laughs) quote-unquote. So what about soccer kind of made you fall in love with it? I really loved how soccer, in compare, I like the the fact that it's not a high-scoring game. And there's a lot of beauty in the game in that there's a big process to get a goal. You know, there's a flow to the game. There's rhythm. Every game is different. You can play in a thousand games and each game will be slightly different. And I really enjoyed that. It was also the first sport I excelled in. And I suppose I have this complex where I like doing things that I'm good at. So I would, I tried other sports, but I tried basketball and I got fouled out of every game. So I gave that up. Um, I ran track and cross country for a while, but I really did that to stay in shape for soccer. I tried uh, cheerleading, ballet, and they always put me in the back corner. So I, <laughs> my process of elimination, I stuck with soccer. Were you an offensive defense as a soccer player? I grew up playing central midfield, 
my first week at college, they made me a forward. And then my last year when I was starting every game, I was playing defense. So I, uh, I guess everything. <laughs> cool, cool. So what college did you go to? I went to St. John's University in Queens, New York, where I had the greatest experience. I know a lot of people have pretty terrible or mediocre experiences playing college sports. Uh, it can be very, it is very challenging. You have two full-time jobs. You're a full-time student and a full-time athlete. And it's difficult. They demand a lot of you, and you have to be able to take criticism. I was really fortunate in that my coach, who's still there, Ian Stone, um, and my teammates were just so supportive and incredible. And my teammates recently, uh, I had a lot of my teammates be my bridesmaids in my wedding. We still talk every day. So I, I was very fortunate in that I had such an incredible experience at St. John's. Awesome. So while you're there, so what would your your goal like? Like, what do you like be thinking? Like, I want to be like like after sports while you're there. Are you kind of thinking I want to go pro. What would your thought process on that? So that was one of my biggest problems and why I didn't have success early on in college. I think um, I got to call my goal growing up. As I said, was always play Division One soccer. I finally achieved that goal, and I hadn't thought about what's next. And at that point in time the Women's Professional League was touch and go. It would, be, it would be on one year so that we would have the Professional League, and then the next year it would go bankrupt and we didn't have the league. So it was hard to look at that as a realistic goal to achieve. And I wasn't really aware of professional leagues in other countries. I knew they existed, but I didn't think of that as a career goal at the time. So I was focused on my studies mostly and almost directionless with soccer. I thought maybe I would coach, but I didn't I didn't think soccer could continue to be a part of my future. So we kind of thought, okay, life after sports. So when you were studying, do you kind of go in with the idea that I want to be in the, the health health field or do you kind of have to kind of like, like kind of look around a little bit, kind of find your passion or how do you land in the health field? I started off actually as an international business major. And my senior year of high school, I was playing soccer and I broke my tibia and fibula, the two bones in your lower leg, while playing soccer. And that was November of my senior year. So I'd already verbally committed to St. John's University, but I hadn't signed the national letter of intent because that happens on February 1st for women's soccer. Uh -oh. So I was kind of in this limbo, yeah, of, oh, wow, am I going to be able to play college soccer still? And one of those moments of, I'm so close to achieving my goal and reaching my dream, and it's about to be taken away. So that's why I have the utmost respect for Coach Ian Stone at St. John's. I called him the day after I broke my leg, maybe even the day of, and said, Coach, I broke my leg, I need surgery. And he said, okay, well, how long's the recovery process? I told him it would be a few months at the least. And he said, okay, well, we'll do what we can to get you better and see how you do in August. Um, but never took away scholarship money, never took away my spot on the team. So that was the first really good thing that happened to me. And then throughout the rehabilitation process, I had a great physical therapist in New Jersey her name is Sharon Wentworth. She owns a place called um, Elite Sports Physical Therapy. And it's just, if you're an athlete in New Jersey and you're injured, that's where you go. What's her name? Sharon Wentworth. Hey, Sharon. Hope you hear <laughs> 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 this, Sharon. So 
so I learned a lot from her and I loved my, my time with her in physical therapy and getting strong again. I, I ended up feeling stronger and faster than I was even before my injury. And I couldn't help but think, wow, she brought me from the brink of maybe not achieving my goal that I worked my entire life for to definitely achieving it and also being more successful than I probably would have been prior to that injury. And I, my first year of college in my business classes, I kept thinking, I, I don't feel connected to this. And I want to do something that gives back to the sport that I, I grew up loving and that gave so much to me. And that's where I decided I wanted to be a physical therapist and help other athletes achieve their goals at the point in which they feel that they can't. Awesome. So when did you make that switch from international business to kinesiology or physical therapy or how that work? So St. John's didn't have a pre-physical therapy. Most physical therapists will major in exercise science or physiology. St. John's didn't have that. So I looked into it, spoke with my advisor, very lucky to have great academic support at St. John's for the athletes. And I went down the road of pre-med major, a pre-med biology major. And I remember thinking, you know, my dad owns a business I'm sure he wants me to take this over one day, but now I'm not going to be a business major anymore. And I was afraid to tell my dad that I wanted to switch majors. Um, but he ended up being incredibly supportive. And uh, so right after my freshman year of college, I switched over to biology. So fast forward to your kind of in your senior year of, of college, what, what was your thought process and how you wanted to approach the career in the health field? So I knew I wanted to apply to physical therapy school, but I felt a little bit lost. And I think a lot of student athletes feel this at the end of their college career. I played with the idea of maybe going to England and playing in their women's league. I played with the idea of joining the Peace Corps. <laughs> um, I wasn't, I felt a little bit lost. And I, I think that after playing a sport and giving your life those 22 years to that sport that you have a bit of an identity crisis. And even though I knew that I wanted to go to physical therapy school eventually, I felt that I really needed a year to debrief, get to know myself a little bit better outside of soccer and be able to project where I wanted my life to go next. So I took a year off between undergraduate and physical therapy school. I ended up working for the physical therapist who helped me through my injury and learned a lot from her and really confirmed that I wanted to become a physical therapist. So I applied to schools, took my GRE, got into Emory, and that was it. So how is that learning process? Coming from an athlete to the, the PT world, was it kind of like a same type of mental, like, you know, hunger to get to, like, all you want to keep learning? Yeah, and that's the whole thing with being a physical therapist is – it extends far beyond what I even imagined when I was in college. So you can be a physical therapist and work in neuro, you can work in geriatrics, pediatrics, sports, and ortho. And I always knew I wanted to work in sports. That was the point of me becoming a physical therapist, so I could give back to, to sports and athletics and to soccer. So I knew the whole time I wanted to do sports. And the great thing about physical therapy is – even when you've become a physical therapist, so before I said I reached my goal of playing Division I college soccer and didn't know it was next, 
So I made sure in physical therapy school, I didn't make that same mistake that I wasn't just going to get into physical therapy school and become a physical therapist. And that was it for the rest of my life. Cause I'd be pretty sad at, if at 25, that's it for the rest of your life. So in physical therapy school, I kind of had this long, big picture idea, this long-term goal in mind of one day working for U.S. soccer or for FIFA or doing research that helps to optimize performance, reduce injuries in soccer players and other elite athletes. So with that always in the back of my mind, I took my coursework and throughout every class was just thinking, how will this apply to what I want to do in the future? And I think that made it a lot easier for me to get through some of the more mundane tasks of being in graduate school, like studying every day and being in class eight to five, Monday through Friday, because I had that bigger picture of where I wanted to go next. So the big picture was always to work with soccer athletes. So once you graduate and you have all the certifications you need, you know, you have everything you need to kind of be successful and kind of and do it and do it legally, like we talked about. <laughs> <laughs> the legal aspect of everything. So what's in between a PT and a DPT? but how they're, how they're different. Yes, yeah, so a doctor of physical therapy is someone who's gone through the three-year doctoral program. So you end school, end physical therapy school with your doctor in physical therapy degree. That does not mean that you can legally, anyway, treat patients as a physical therapist. You can certainly train them from a fitness perspective and you'll have that wider knowledge base of mechanics and anatomy and everything else, but you cannot treat as a physical therapist until you take and pass the national board exam, which is a long and very tiresome exam. And once you pass that, then you are a licensed physical therapist. So that's when you become, in my case, for example, Nicole Sertica, PT, comma, DPT. So that stands for physical therapist. That's the legal licensed portion and then dpt that's my degree you're legit you're <laughs> top notch someone plays soccer right now and listening what's something you can kind of give them as like an advice or a tip on how to kind of like performance wise to kind of stay healthier how to prehab it or what would be your first step i guess yes yeah, so definitely i would say the approach is to be proactive about your health and your injury status so I see a lot of kids, and I coach soccer as well, and I would have 15-year-old girls who were coming from a cross-country meet to soccer practice and then had three hours of homework to do. That's way too much for a 15-year-old. You know, if you have a cross-country meet, you have a cross-country meet. But don't come to soccer practice thinking that you're going to play in an hour-and-a-half soccer practice. That's not, you can sit and watch, but that's way too much activity for a 15-year-old. And I think that's a mistake that's happening across the United States is that kids are so active and involved in so many things. And that's great. Kids should have activities, but we need to tone it down with how much they're doing at a, in a given time period. There's a lot of really great research on training load right now that I see being applied more and more in the mitigation of injury risk and illness risk in athletes. And I'm hoping that that trickles down into the youth population because that's who truly needs it. They don't have anyone who's out there for them saying, hey, this is too much. You know, they go from one sport to the next. Those coaches don't know what that kid is coming from. I just happen to be a physical therapist, so I always ask my 
my players what they're doing the rest of that day. But I, I'm hopeful that that's where we're going in this country with youth sports is monitoring their training load and really being proactive about injury and health status, doing the strength and conditioning that's required to stay healthy and staying as injury free as possible. Why should they not want to overload? So we know that that's, there's a couple reasons, right? The first thing is if you're overloading, you're just putting your body at risk for not only an injury, but also an illness. That's when your immune system can decrease in function and you get pneumonia for the winter or you get mono or whatever, whatever other, the flu, a virus. When you're sick, you're not going to play your best. And we play so that we can play well sometimes. So we don't, we certainly don't want to decrease our performance because of a sickness or an illness and overtraining can lead to that. Overtraining also leads to overuse injuries. I can't even, I have nine-year-olds coming in with overuse injuries. That's absurd. So we don't want to be playing at a decreased level of performance. So in order to play at an optimal level of performance, do a little bit less now, stay healthy, stay injury-free, and that'll help with your long-term development and keep you functioning and performing at your highest levels. So if you don't want to do it from a injury prevention perspective, at least do it from a performance perspective. You simply cannot perform your best if you're sick or injured. I know you're working on a few things right now. So I know you have, you have the ebook coming out, and then you have um, a program that you're doing, the one on Yeah, so going to that, the youth athlete and staying injury-free and healthy, it's easy at the collegiate and professional level to do that. You have such a great support system around you. You have athletic trainers, doctors, physical therapists, performance coaches, so many people there to help keep you healthy. Youth athletes don't have that. So I'm actually working on a program right now with two other physical therapists, and we're working on soccer-specific ways for strength and conditioning to keep soccer players performing at their best and healthy, so mitigating that injury risk. So that's something I'm working on, so stay tuned for that in the coming months and year. Also, I'm working on an ebook for a dynamic warm-up specific for soccer players. So when I was growing up, I would our warm-up was a lap around the field, and then you'd do a quad stretch while the captain would yell one, and the rest of the team yells back two, and you go back and forth until you get to 10, and that was the extent of the warm-up. So there's so many great programs out there, the FIFA 11 Plus being one of them, the PEP program. Uh, being another great program out there. And these are dynamic warm-up programs for youth athletes to perform before training sessions or ga and games. And what I find sometimes is that youth coaches don't want to use them because they take up time and they'd rather be playing soccer in that time. So I made one that's really specific to soccer players to try to encourage youth coaches to implement this on a daily basis with their players and so that ebook will be coming out in January sometime, and that'll have descriptions of everything, why it's important, what each thing does, and also coaching cues. I think a lot of coaches don't utilize these programs 
because maybe they'll see their athlete do a squat jump and it looks terrible, but they don't know how to change that. So they say, oh, okay, well, try again. So my ebook will help break it down and give coaching cues that we know work with athletes performing new tasks. So stay tuned for that. I think it's cool because you're kind of breaking the gaps of so many different levels. You know, you kind of like get it to where everyone's on the same knowledge base. Exactly. There's a huge gap right now. There's so much out there that we know from a clinical perspective. And listen, the, the collegiate coaches and performance coaches, they know this stuff and they're implementing it with their college athletes. Professional level is certainly using it. But the youth athletes get stuck because they don't have anyone showing this to them. And it's not, it's not the youth coaches, it's not the sport coaches' faults at all. They're not supposed to know that. That's not their training. But it is a physical therapist training. So to have physical therapists be putting out this information, but making it easy to be implemented, that's the key is implementation. Because if it's difficult to do, it's not going to get done. For sure. And, and what we'll do too, um, I'll leave a link in the bottom of this once once we're once it's all out and we'll have a link to everything you're doing. Cause I think it's Great. awesome. I know from my standpoint, I was hurt a lot as an athlete because I didn't know. You know, you just go all out and you think, you know, I'll work through it. But I think through you know the right tools and knowledge, like you like you're providing, other PTs are providing as well. You can kind of help athletes kind of perform to their potential, you know, or past it. So much respect, you know, to you. Thank you. I appreciate it. That kind of end toward wrapping up a little bit. Where can people find you? Social media, your website? Yeah, I'm most active on Instagram. And my Instagram handle is at Dr. Nicole PT. So it's DR period Nicole PT. I'm also on Twitter at In the Game PT. And Facebook, I have a Facebook page that's In the Game PT. And that kind of was a play on, I've been in the game. Uh, I want to keep people in the game. I want to get people back in the game and performing at their best in the game. So that's where that came from. Awesome. One last question for you. So where, where, do, you, where do you hope to see the world of, you know, athletics in terms of how people communicate with each other? What, what's your big goal for that? I would love for in the future for youth athletes to not be left to their own devices as far as being in charge of their training load and their athletic development. I think it's great for elite level professional and collegiate athletes to have that support system around them, but unfortunately that doesn't happen for youth athletes. So to be able to see pediatricians, orthopedists, sports coaches, parents, the athletes themselves, physical therapists, and strength and conditioning coaches all working together and providing programming and load management on the youth level. I think that's going to be key in long-term athlete development. Perfect, perfect. So Nicole, I appreciate you having you on. Thanks for kind of talking with me and kind of learning more about your story and what you're working on, how, you kind of, how you're helping athletes achieve the burden of greatness. Or to see what you do in the future. Thank you Thanks. so much, Jacoby. I appreciate it. That no was, problem. That was fun. Cool, cool. You have a good night. You too. Thanks for checking out this episode of the Nine Point Starter with the Dream Podcast. I was your host, Jacoby Gillum. If you enjoyed this episode, please comment, share, leave a review, let me hear your thoughts. You can check out more about what we're doing with Nine Point at ninepoint.com. Till the next episode, talk to you soon.